and welcome to Wheel Nerds. This is episode 139. I'm Chuck. And I may be Todd. We're going to be talking about motorcycles? But we cannot confirm or deny this at this time. I'm practicing. Okay. Yeah. You know, you could you could just not say anything. You can't prove that. Request to see a, a lawyer. Hmm. I suppose we could. Objection. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was that bit from Ted 2, have you seen the, from the trailer? No. Where no. they're like, you guys don't know anything about law, do you? Objection! Overruled! Denied! Sidebar, both of you in my chambers now. <laughs> we could totally be lawyers. <laughs> have you seen Ted? No. Yeah. Apparently I need to. Yeah, well, yeah. Actually, it's a really good movie. Okay. Um, right. Do you like Seth MacFarlane? Sometimes. Yeah. You would like Ted. Okay. And... and Wahlberg was was really good in it hmm. as the man child of hmm. <laughs> a talking teddy bear. This is just this is just your wish fulfillment movie, isn't it? Basically, if you had the talking teddy bear, you'd be there. Yeah, and well, yeah. Except I don't sit on the couch and get high all day, as far mm. as anyone in this room knows. <laughs> <laughs> We have a fun guest tonight, but we, we'll get to that in a bit. We don't break any laws. Ever. ever. At the posted limit at all times. Always. Without fail. What? Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 Right, so we, our show's a little different tonight. Well, you probably won't notice, but uh, we have no internet. Nope. So, <laughs> so we're going to be reading things off of our phones. <laughs> we're doing everything from the phone. And I don't have reading glasses with me. <laughs> Do you need reading glasses? Uh, Late in the night, yes. Really? Yeah, I got terrible genetics for that. My parents, when they were my age, 36, uh-huh. they were like holding things out far and doing, you know, the head back thing. Really? Yeah. And they did that until they were like 40. So they had no dignity whatsoever about it. I was like, you know what? I can't really read that well this late at night. So I'm just going to get some fucking reading glasses so, and have some tiny shred of dignity. You're, you're, you're like Claire. <laughs> yes, except I actually have them with me <laughs> at all times. Uh-huh. Except today. Right now, yeah. yeah. So you're like Claire. <laughs> wow. So yeah, a little bit. How old are you? I'm 36. Like, just barely. Wow. It's just at night? It's just at night. So, like, my eyes get tired later in the day. So the whole the whole problem, the reason you have reading glasses is because... Welcome to glasses, nerds. Glass um, nerds. Ophthalmology nerds. <laughs> <laughs> so you, the older you get, the less your less elasticity you less, have yeah, in yeah. your body stuff. Yeah. So when my lens is adjusted to long distance mm-hmm. or short distance, it doesn't change to the other quick. And you probably noticed this, like going from like speedometer to road. Yeah. Like there's a noticeably slower delay. There is. I have a fucking long delay. Okay. It's like, and the later it is in the day, and the more tired I am, the worse it gets. Okay. And then I have one eye that's worse than the other too. So my left eye is like, okay, okay. My right eye is like, oh, <laughs> oh okay, that's interesting. That's awful genetics, and I'll probably have Fuchs disease when I'm older, and on and on and on. Because my eyes do focus slower. Like mm-hmm. I'll be on my phone playing the Xbox, yep. looking up, and just be like. But wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's uh it got to a point my wife was like, All right, really? (laughs) So do you get the like the real slim granny looking glasses? Uh no, I don't do the granny glasses. I get the the Costco six pack so that I can have them everywhere in the house (laughs) and the shop. I was sticking. I was sticking a little action figure together. Should you know? Should we stash one here at the wheel? I'm starting to wonder. I might need to put one in the cage. Or can you just do that thing where the font gets really big? You're old. (laughs) 
It's all true. <laughs> but that's okay, because you know what I'm getting for my birthday this year? A banjo. A banjo. A good banjo. A good banjo. I've seen your other banjo. One one that will hold a tune. One that has all its strings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it should be cool. You could have just made one with a cigar box and stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. yep. Authentic. And then I'll have you play like a tub or the bottle. <laughs> Here's the jug. I like Get the jug. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and I'd like the one strappy overall. Mm-hmm. No, yep. no pants underneath. Mm-hmm. Or anything underneath. Yeah. I think that's that's like part of the course, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Big old ripped hole where my belly is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like yeah. this idea. <laughs> something, something in your Alabama genetics calls out. <laughs> <laughs> Singing for overalls. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but. You won't see me putting on reading glasses. No, no, that's true. <laughs> just you wait. Something... I'm 43. I know. Need just you wait. <laughs> something, something really weird and embarrassing and obvious will catch up with you. <laughs> Apart from, you know, Mister. Oh, my too old for this shoulder. Well, you know, that's. I lift heavy things. I put them back down. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, but do you have a medical alert bracelet for that? Still lift more than you. I've lifted and I can't get up. <laughs> Still lift more than you. I doubt you lift more than me. I'm pretty heavy. <laughs> I bet I could lift you. <laughs> I I think I was lifting you today. I call I call not taking you to the emergency room afterwards. <laughs> I was, not it. <laughs> I was lifting you up and down today, in fact. Let me think about the weight. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like in the, uh, in the squat. I was doing it as a squat. So oh, you'd okay. be across my shoulders. Uh-huh. All right. Lovingly. So if I if I pass out suddenly and have to be taken to the hospital, I can just have you haul me there. You could, but it wouldn't happen. <laughs> just fart. You just slide me down the stairs and tell the hospital where to pick me up. I'd fart on your face. Okay, I, I right. just I would just squat and teabag you. It's nice to know that there are some things I can still depend on. <laughs> they, I wouldn't even bother calling the ambulance. I would just. <laughs> it's comforting. On Ruth Ann would be like, "Where's Todd?" I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I you'd, you'd have nightmares of garlic and <laughs> broccoli. That's strange. Right? People say our show is juvenile. Nonsense. Nonsense. So, what's up? Well, let's see. A couple of listeners sent us a link to a big bunch of pictures of sidecars. Uh, we'll stick it up on the site. Most of them are ones you've seen before if you mm-hmm. look at sidecars online, but... Yeah. They're fun. They are fun. It. And, you know, a lot of our listeners aren't into the sidecar thing, so this would be... Because apparently they're broken inside. What? <laughs> okay. I'm just saying. Yeah. No, I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> uh, ads? We have ads? Oh, we have ads. We have we have a humdinger of an ad uh-huh. as an opener tonight. Do you have a problem, Todd? Do you have too much free time? You know, I was just thinking, you know, two kids and uh, a really busy job and a house that mm-hmm. I have to upkeep. Um, You've got free time. And a second job. You know, I... I and a show, I got all the time in the world, you know, like what? I got, I, I, I don't know what the hell to do with myself 99.9% of the time. Let's fix that. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. What do you have for me? We've got a CB500 project. Oh, good. And the listener who sent this in to us was saying, you know, those 555 guys, they should get on this. Ah. Because, uh, so what we got here is a 1973 CB500 mm-hmm. with title. Okay. 1971 CB500 with title. Uh-huh. And a CB350 not stolen. <laughs> huh. Okay. $1,300 takes all three and every goddamn part that I have. 
Not necessarily for these bikes. <laughs> I know that that is not actually noted there, is that the, all the Honda parts this guy has do not necessarily include the ones for these bikes. The description of the first bike, the only part that's really relevant to me, the engine is locked up. Oh, okay. Uh, the second one, I think I've got all the parts, but I'm not sure if I have the side covers. <laughs> Acme Cycle Works rebuilt the carbs, but I'm unsure if they finished the job. It has Clubman style bars, but you can have the original bars as well. In a box. <laughs> in the in the box of parts in accordance with the prophecy. The C B three fifty? I got a bunch of parts for this one. The engine is locked off. <laughs> Please take them all at once. <laughs> I'd prefer to sell all three frames to a single buyer. Please. <laughs> but I'll consider offers on one frame title or the C B three fifty frame. Because <laughs> I can't part out any item in this listing because they're whatever. Yeah. Dude, seriously. <laughs> They're already parted out. <laughs> I consider a trade if you have a roadworthy CB125, CB350, or something similar. What? <laughs> <laughs> Here's my shitty bike that doesn't run. No, no, <laughs> shitty bike. It doesn't run. Can I have your bike that runs? <laughs> who is going to fall for that? Well, you know, maybe there's a person who actually likes taking a bunch of ratbag bikes and sticking all of the part, taking taking three shit piles, and putting them together into one kind of shitty bike. That might have been his idea in the beginning. Oh, I know that was his idea in the beginning. <laughs> Why else would you have these? Engine is locked up. Engine is, well, you know where it's going. Yeah. yeah. Locked I can I can make a bike from this, I'm sure. And, then and six, there might be a full bike there. Six months later, please, someone take this away from me. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> the curse must be passed. <laughs> Well, my wife doesn't like it. <laughs> yeah, who would carry CB parts around in the back of their truck for a long time? Hey, we know that guy. <laughs> is this? Zach? Where is this? Austin. Zach, are you in Austin now? <laughs> Zach. Zach. Are you listening? Zach. Got a deal for you, dude. Dude. Zach is, Zach is looking up the number right now. He's already calling. <laughs> This is what I got. I got a box of parts in the back of my truck. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it actually constitutes a full bike, if correctly assembled. You can have them. <laughs> you give me these. <laughs> well, that, that trade, that nothing could go wrong with that. No. I'm, not, I'm not sure who I would feel sorry for in that trade. <laughs> I, you, you know, it could be all of them. <laughs> Just exchanging heartache for heartache. He's got a lot of pictures of stuff here. Mm -hmm. and uh, He's got a lot of stuff there, doesn't he? He's got a lot of stuff. I'm not saying he's got a lot of bike, but he's, he's got a lot of stuff. He's got a lot of stuff. He's got a lot of parts of bikes. Looks like he's got quite a bit of rust. Mm, he's got uh, quite a bit of that, too. Yeah. Well, you know, it's very, very big to, uh, you know, have the distressed look these days. That's, <laughs> that's cool. You know, you get the club man bars and the distressed look, so to speak. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Park down for your favorite coffee shop. FEO3 will get the chicks. <laughs> Every time. Without fail. <laughs> Seriously. Sure. You, you've been married too long to know what gets chicks. I, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even lie my way out of that one. <laughs> I've um, seen the pictures. Uh, I've dated once. <laughs> <laughs> How do you get chicks? I roll over and I Nudger, I'm like, hey. <laughs> what you doing? Kids asleep. <laughs> kids asleep against all odds. In defiance of all standard procedures, the kid is asleep. What do you want to do? 
Get some sleep. Oh, it sounds awesome. I love you. <laughs> do you want to, do you want to sit on the couch and watch a movie? Better yet. How about we sit down and we talk to each other with no interruptions for 20 minutes. Oh my God. I love you. <laughs> <sighs> my daughter started talking. Oh. Hasn't stopped. Yeah. Don't expect her to anytime soon. Yeah, that's, that's a fun time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good time. Yeah. Yeah. But she does like my motorcycle. She's a motorcycle. She's, Dad, she not me? like your bike. Does she call you lame yet? No. No, that's no. coming. Yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> that milestone's approaching. <laughs> so we have another ad that was sent to us. And this one actually was on one of those various clickbait boing boing sites. But uh, mm-hmm. it's haunted. Haunted. And, you know, there's, he wrote a bunch of garbage here. Gar- I don't want to read. Garbage, garbage. It's an boring R- shit. BMW R90. R75. R75. Oh, okay. What's where, where, Why is he talking about R90? Oh, he found an R90. Oh, yes. He yes. was looking for an R90. Okay. So the R75 sex has served its purpose, blah, blah, blah. Um, he sold it. Mm-hmm. The ad's gone already. Yeah. So there's just this story left about it being haunted. Yeah. I, 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 I can't even begin. Didn't know where to start with a story this long about a bike. Like, uh, who read this and was like, I want this bike now. This this bike has has fired the imagination. You know, just looking at the picture without reading the story, I was like, I think it's just a nice bike. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I think it's just a nice seven fifty, and somebody's like, blah blah blah, fucking blah 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 blah. Price, hey, I can pay that. Done. Yeah, I I don't know why what the haunted thing comes from. I don't either, and I can't make myself read the deep whole enough. thing. Yeah, I'm sure it's it did something strange. I I didn't read it at all. I just kind of skipped to the end where the link to the ad was, and the ad's gone. So I'm like, Ugh. most importantly, listeners, what you need to know is that is that reading is bikes hard. never do weird shit, and reading is hard. <laughs> <laughs> Under no circumstances will your bike do weird, inexplicable shit. That'll never happen. Like shoot fire out the back. Yeah, right. Yeah, like that for no apparent reason that Ex- anyone can figure out. Explode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. never happens. Stop. No. Die. It, it's clearly haunted, if that's the case. <laughs> there is not some totally logical but very difficult to find problem. No, haunted sounds good. Yeah, I can buy haunted. Yeah, actually, haunted. In case the deal. Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> haunted by the spirit of EBR. Haunted by the spirit of Buell Motor Company. Yeah, they're posting weird stuff lately. Really? Aren't they, aren't they for sale? Yeah, the auction's coming up, but they... Are the machines haunted? They posted a thing, a picture of an SX, and they're saying, looking forward to starting production on this again. Or words to that effect. They're trying to get somebody to buy them whole whole hog. Hey! (laughs) They're leaning over to Polaris, and they're like, you guys... You guys want a bike? You guys want a bike? Bikey, 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 bikey. Yeah. We shall see. Well, you know what? You know what you need, Chuck? What do I need? You need a very unique sport bike. Two chicks at the same time. Nah. Very unique sport bike. God damn it. <laughs> a very unique sport bike might get you two chicks at the same time. Although the problem I can think of is I don't know where they're going to sit. And looking at the very unique sport bike, I'm not really 100% sure where you are going to sit. Uh, looking at the very... I, this is the bike that uh, I saw this thing and I was like, Todd would die. 
Todd would get on this bike and he would die. Yeah, yeah, I would just explode from total rear end discomfort. Your your butt would just instantly nope, just just break. reach up, reach up through my body and choke the life out of me. <laughs> out to of get you total... off that bike, <laughs> your, your own butt would choke you out off to get you off of this bike. So for sale is my unique sport bike. It's an MZ660 Scorpion with a factory Yamaha motor, which means it's not in fact an MZ660. Anyway, the motorcycle is fast and light, easy to handle. The MZ has front and rear disc brakes and gets around 55 miles per gallon in town. Okay. Lots of torque with a five-speed transmission. A very reliable motorcycle ready to ride calls only. Lies. I call lies on this. This Mm. Lies. This bike is not ready to ride. There is no seat. No seat. There's like a pad. No, there appears to actually be a seat from some other bike. Which he has (laughs) zip-tied to the frame. Now, the interesting part to me is what's directly below it in the frame there. Mm-hmm. The battery. Yeah. What happens when the seat gets wet? Things? Yes. Nothing? Things. Things everything is a description. Is, everything is fine. What could... It's very unique. I, I, yeah, it has no cowlings. It has it has a tank. No seat pan. No seat pan. No, no tail section. Why? It's got cool cafe bars on it and one mirror because cool kids have one mirror. Chuck. Why? How many mirrors do you have on your bike? Two. Lame ass. I know. God. I ride a Buell. I ride a Buell. How many mirrors you got on yours? Uh, Two. (laughs) We know I'm lame. We already covered that. I drive a dad car. (laughs) I have a dad car parked outside. Why? No. This is no. Why would no? This seat is no. Because it's very unique. You you know, it's just, you you know, you just get the Yamaha. Is that a bicycle seat? Uh, You know, it could be. Maybe it's like a banana seat from Bicycle. If you included the bell, that would be tempting. <laughs> bring, bring. <laughs> yeah, as near as I can tell, is there? There's a bike's frame with with the motor, with the fuel tank, and the motor sort of just half-assed Wheels, in there. Suspension. Yeah, it's and and none of the other stuff. It's bike-like. <laughs> it goes, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it goes. I just don't think you'd enjoy it mm, at all. Mm, you would die. I would die. You, Most see, people just would dislike it. You and seats, man. It's. I have I have opinions about seats. You have opinions. Your butt has opinions about seats. Mm-hmm. Your butt is is tender and sensitive. Yes. <laughs> just like the rest of me, I'm a tender, sensitive kind of guy, Johnson. Baby butt. Mm-hmm. You're a tender, sensitive man who has to wear reading glasses at the age of 36. Yes, exactly. That's how you know I'm intellectual when I put glasses on. But that's none of my business. <laughs> so, we have a guest. Mm-hmm. A guest who um, I'm I'm very excited about. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We, uh, we, we cleaned up here before he came. Mm-hmm. Everything's everything's kosher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Good. All right. Here we go. Okay. So we're here with Officer Jaron Harker. The police found us. It's true. <laughs> it took this long. Motorcycle Officer Jaron Harker of the Salt Lake City Police Department. Hi. Hey. Um, you're not here to arrest us. Maybe. <laughs> Days young. Wait. What? <laughs> I just met you. The night is young. <laughs> <laughs> so Officer Harker was actually took second place overall at the uh, Mr. Rodeo in, Mr. Rodeo. in Texas. Yes, the capital of Texas police motorcycle shootout. Really? Yes. Wow. Shoot. <laughs> C-H-U-T-E. Oh. oh. Man. 
That sounded really neat for a second. I saw a movie like that one. I was going to be like, what happened to the third place guy? <laughs> I wouldn't be here since I got second. I be here the they just winged him. So, yeah, you took second based on overall performance, and you took second place in the slow race and third place in expert class. So, is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so there was a bunch of stuff you guys had to do there. The yeah. guy who's first place in the slow race is actually still there working his way across <laughs> the parking lot. He's like halfway now. So... Let's start with you. Um, how do you become a motorcycle police officer? How did you become a motorcycle police officer? I, yeah, I can't speak for all agencies, but for Salt Lake City Police, once you're on the police department, you can go to you can apply to go to our motor school, which we have usually annually. We just barely did motor school about two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we started with maybe ten people, ten ten officers that wanted to go to the motor school, and ended up passing three. Mm. So it's a rigorous two-week school. Sounds like um, wow. a lot more time than than just the 40 hours a week. We put them to the test all, all through the week. Mm-hmm. So you go to the motor school, and it can be quite political after that. You pass, you're certified for a year, mm-hmm. and then just whenever there are openings on the motor squad, uh, uh, we have a list available, a pool to choose from. And mm-hmm. uh, our sergeants, lieutenant, and even the chief, deputy chief, they all have a say in who comes to our squad. So you're saying that government work can be political. Yes. <laughs> wow. This is not too bad. But when we have, say, five or six guys to fill one position, yeah, we're able uh... to pick and choose a little bit of who would probably mingle with us the best and mm-hmm. and who would be able to uh, perform the, the duties that we do. So did you have previous riding experience before you went to the motor school? I mean, a little bit. Were you I a did. guy who, you know, like in shorts and flip-flops on a Gixxer doing 110? No, it wasn't that bad. But, uh, <laughs> Are you secretly the wheelie guy on 7th Beast? <laughs> I wasn't that good. No, I was just the guy that locked up my rear brake every red light there was. And, oh, ouch. Yeah. All right. So I, I had a, bad, a lot of bad habits. But now you're at a Beamer, so. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> So it's just sort of like you, you already sort of had the, the inclination to ride a motorcycle, so that's what you gravitated toward. Yeah, I wanted to ride a motorcycle. When I got hired, that was one of the things I wanted to try out. It was the big leather boots, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's always the boots. Every single one of them wears boots. Well, so that, that brings up an interesting thing. I mean, every department on the planet, I'm assuming, except for like really snowy places maybe, they've all got motorcycle officers. And they seem to put a lot of stock in. I mean, of course, there's the mystique from chips, but like, what is it that makes a motorcycle officer so useful versus an officer in a car? Again, I think it depends a lot on each agency and how the motorcycle officer is used. Hmm. In Salt Lake City, we're used a lot for events. Mm-hmm. We end up doing events all the time. I'll, I'll probably do three or four this week. Uh, well, we had the 4th of July where we did fireworks traffic control. We're doing a funeral escort tomorrow. We are doing some sort of 5K run on Saturday morning. And all of that, we do the traffic, the blocking the traffic. Mm-hmm. So we become useful for a lot of these special events. Then also with the motorcycle and heavier traffic, we can get through it, say, to get up to an accident, to get out to a violator if we're looking for traffic. But we get a lot of traffic complaints, and mm-hmm. so we do traffic enforcement assignments. Hmm. So would you say that a motorcycle officer's primary purpose is sort of uh, traffic enforcement? Yeah. Uh, all across everywhere I've met, every agency, motorcycle officer there is, they're all traffic oriented. Mm-hmm. Hmm. There are, uh, you can see if you travel around, you'll see 
maybe different ways that they're being utilized for the traffic, but mm-hmm. motorcycle cops are traffic cops. In Salt Lake, we end up doing DUI enforcement a lot too. We'll mm-hmm. be, we are our DUI squad. Oh. So would you be involved in a pursuit or is that considered too dangerous for, for the motorcycle officers to get involved in? I personally have not been involved in a pursuit on a motorcycle and there are a couple of our guys that have been, but as soon as we have a car that's got the flashing lights on top, so since we got one of those that's behind us, we'll let them get up in front of us because mm-hmm. it's way too dangerous to yeah, be doing sure. that kind of stuff. But we do. On the motorcycle, we'd be able to keep up for a long time. Mm-hmm. That's true. You're fast, you're nimble, you're small. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just it, We've talked about on a previous show, it's like you're on a motorcycle, you're fast, you're nimble, but you're small. Yes. <laughs> and they're in a box built yeah. to kill things. Yeah, and in fact, a lot of officers throughout the nation that die in accidents every year, if you look, they may be in a crash with another officer on their way to something important. So oh, well, they don't yeah. even make it there. And that's that's something important is to stay safe while doing all of our stuff we do. So that, that actually brings up a question and something I've always been really – it confuses the, just the ever-loving hell out of me. So I teach people to ride motorcycles. And one of the things I'll teach them is if you're in a group, you always stagger yourself so you have lots of space to maneuver if the other person does something crazy. But when I see motorcycle officers, it's almost always two of you riding together. Chuck saw you yeah, pulling people today. over this morning, which turns out was you, doing very tight U-turns with another officer right side by side, which seems like it's it's kind of close. You know, like that's – what what drives you to ride side by side like that? Is it a convenience thing? Is it a something about visibility? Well – First and foremost, it's actually lawful. So anybody that thinks that you can't do that in the state of Utah, you can ride two abreast in a lane. Sure, sure. I, yeah. I don't. So I don't disagree. It's think it's legal. Not a, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think it's a good idea. Exactly. Yeah. No. And I agree right there too. If I don't know who I'm riding next to, mm-hmm. let's say I meet some guys and we just go out for a ride, I'm not going to ride like that. Mm-hmm. But as officers, we we train to ride next to each other that way. Mm-hmm. I can't explain why and where it started that we ride that way chips but (laughs) and when we have a big group it would take a real long time to ride staggered so we would would, ride together Hmm. but uh it definitely it that's part of motor school that does scare me when i help with that Mm -hmm. is when they pair us up with some of these guys in the motor school Mm -hmm. who haven't in fact uh two of our guys that passed are really good riders Never been on a motorcycle till our motor school. So okay, one month ahead. ago, they've never even driven a motorcycle. So they're pairing us up next to them, riding out. We do long rides. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one day we did like a 280-mile ride, and I'm next to a guy that's only been on a motorcycle for 280 miles. Days. <laughs> yeah, you know. And you've mostly seen him ride in the parking lot up till not, then. He did great, man. Mm-hmm. I, I, cool. I really, really was worried, and when we got down the road, he did great, but... That's part of that training is we do that. And then I didn't really explain, but as soon as we get on motor, the motor squad, mm-hmm. there's another four weeks of training that you ride with somebody's field training. So oh. we do a ton of training. And then through the year, a couple times a year, we end up doing a couple days of training. Do you stay with the same partner? No. No? Okay. No. So it's just you guys train so, so much. You can interchange. And, yeah. All right. And in fact, it's, I mean... We all know the laws. Let's say you're making a turn, a left turn at an intersection. You need to turn to the closest lane, so the inside lane. Take notes, Utah drivers. Yeah, we, <laughs> we write tickets for that sometimes. But uh, so if I'm with another motorcycle rider or another motor officer, I know we're both turning into that appropriate lane. Mm-hmm. 
So that that helps too, riding side by side. You know where they're going to go. Mm. And then we have communication, so sure with hand signals and also just yelling out loud to each other. Yeah. Let's talk about the motor school. Talk mm-hmm. to us about that. So someone gets selected or opts to go to motor school. What's what what happens there? It's, is it like a BRC or an ERC? Is it? It sounds like it's a lot more intense. It's it's pretty intense, and I've never attended any other type of school to ride motorcycles, but. Uh-huh. They break it down and, and it feels like they're, t- they start you out like you've never seen a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. It's up on a center stand and you get up on it and they go, okay, and they teach Make you room, how to. room noises. Yeah, well, no, they start it <laughs> up, but they teach you, okay, here's a clutch and, mm-hmm. and here's first gear. Now yeah. let's see if you can shift and, and they really do it. So part of that school, I was thinking, well, can we skip ahead? Sure. But as soon I'm as. so bored. Yeah, but as soon as they got us. It, and it's one thing to ride a motorcycle in a straight line, but then when they make us do those mm-hmm. tight turns, you get humbled really quick. And so yeah. <laughs> the school, I mean, it's not high speed. Mm-hmm. It's it's just so humbling to try to turn those heavy bikes mm-hmm. in the small radius they want you to. Yeah. But I'm guessing in a day-to-day thing, doing traffic, making little U-turns, moving through city traffic, that starts to come in pretty handy pretty fast. Yeah, it does. And uh, just the confidence to be on a motor in a, in a tight situation where, mm-hmm. again, maybe not high speed, but just mm-hmm. maneuvering a, a heavy motorcycle around, it's very helpful. So h- how do you go from riding in the motorcycle school, doing the normal day-to-day stuff, to deciding, well, let's go to Texas and ride against a bunch of other officers? Okay. I have been on the motor squad about little four and a half years maybe and during that time we recertify as i said a couple times a year we have a slow cone course where we have to pass it within a certain time frame and without hitting without so many penalties Mm -hmm. and then we also do break and escapes where uh, 10 times at least 10 times we go down a roadway there's a gate where we enter it we have to enter it at 40 miles an hour and 62 feet later, they have a pattern we need to maneuver through. And that's to to make sure that we understand and know how to operate the motorcycle to stop it safely mm-hmm. in a short distance. That becomes competitive with us. Mm-hmm. We try to get faster and faster in that course. Mm-hmm. And a couple of us are always competing with that. Last year, I had the opportunity to go to downtown in Salt Lake. There was a MDA... Um, what was it called? An like M- a run or no? The, the Harley Davidson put it on. It, it's a MDA. Poker, I don't. I poker don't remember. Run? Yeah, it's kind of like a poker run. Okay. So it was for muscular dystrophy to yeah. to can't think of what it was called because they had a whole whole bunch of things, concerts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And one of the events they had at this MDA thing was a competition, a motorcycle police motorcycle competition. Mm. Did they have a bounce house? They might have. <laughs> I I don't know. I was I was just excited to be there and compete against. I think we had Murray City. Oh, okay. So all Unified Police. Local. Yeah, there was a whole bunch of local cops. Mm-hmm. I think only three of us was from Salt Lake went out to represent because we had some other events downtown we were handling at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I went out there, and it was tons of fun. We had a couple practice days and then the event day where we competed. I had the fastest time on that one. Only more penalties than everybody else. Cause <laughs> <laughs> no, they, just for touching a cone, they'd add three seconds on that. Oh, so I put me down in third place and I had a ton of fun. So I thought any competition I can go to, mm-hmm. I will. Recently, I'd say back in January, Texas, the competition 
organizers down there reached out to our agency and asked us to come down. Our chief, well, Deputy Chief Brown, he's now the, the chief, and our, our lieutenant thought it would be a good idea if we had a competition for our guys to send to. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So down in Salt Lake City, we had a competition among the Salt Lake City Motor Squad, and then the top two, myself and Scott Smith, were selected to go down to Texas and compete, mm-hmm. and it was a ton of fun. Yeah, but so, how many uh, competitors were there? There were 85 total competitors. There were only about four or five victory motorcycles, and then about 60% Harleys, and and uh, the rest were BMWs. The Harleys, they had two classes. They had the Road King and the Electric Glide. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Victory had police cruisers. I didn't either. But mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm not surprised. Everybody seems to have one police model. Uh, was looks, it that? Was it the thing that looks like a spaceship? It looks like a couch. <laughs> and they ride them like like they're sitting on a lazy boy. So. <laughs> I don't think I'd want to work off of it. That actually brings up an interesting point. Do you, do you feel like um, particular police bikes give you an advantage in particular situations? I mean, the BMW is very fast and very maneuverable, I think, compared to a Harley. But when I when I got on the motor squad, I was on a Road King, mm-hmm. Harley Road King, mm-hmm. and it's fun. Like I like the competitions on the Road King. Mm-hmm. But to work off of the BMW is so much better mm-hmm. because of what we do. It's not just the perfect day. We ride in hot and in cold. Yeah. So the Harley has all that heat that comes up. Oh, yeah. And then my BMW blocks some of the mm-hmm. wind. It has heated grips, heated seat. So much better to work off of. Mm-hmm. Do, do you feel like the bike gives you an edge in the competition itself? No, I think that if I was to ride one of the Harleys and acclimate myself to it i could probably do about the same okay mm-hmm. that level it's more like the rider than anything huh yeah a harley you it's gives you more of a workout because you're pushing the thing around it's it's heavier and it's it doesn't turn like a bmw but as far as speed i don't think that the bmw gets me much faster mm-hmm. so what kind of events what, what kind of competition did they have you doing at this at this thing the this competition had Two different cone courses where they took about a minute 20. Some of the slower competitors were ending up at about a minute 40, minute 50. Mm-hmm. So two two cone competitions where you're going through a whole bunch of cone patterns with tight turns. And it's not super high speed. I don't know if I maybe got up to 20, 25 miles an hour through all of that. And then the slow race that we talked about, that's... In this competition, it was just a big loop, but it's usually a distance where your front tire crosses it and they begin a time. You want to go as slow as you can without putting your feet down. Mm. And the slower you get across that finish line, the the better your time is. Mm. So that's actually really challenging, especially on my BMW because it's a dry <laughs> clutch. Mm. Oh. It's a, it's high, a high, higher gravity or a higher center of gravity, but... The dry clutch is so much more difficult. That must have smelled great at the end. (laughs) It smells like you're burning brakes. (laughs) Any tips for doing that kind of thing? For doing something like that, we actually were learning how to ride what we call the gray area. We're not letting the clutch all the way out. Mm -hmm. It's not all the way in. It's just right there in the sweet spot. Mm -hmm. We're on a rear brake because the rear brake will actually keep you steady. Mm -hmm. So we might be pumping it or feathering it or however you want. And a lot of it is your, what we call head and eyes. It's where you're looking. A lot of times when we see a motorcycle crash off the side of a road, say on a corner, I do believe 
that the person was probably looking at what they didn't want to hit. Mm, yeah. 66%, I believe it is. Target yeah. fixation. Mm-hmm. So with the slow race, I just look straight ahead and hope for the best. And then a couple of the other competitions, there was the two-man race where it was the same comb patterns, but two guys, one guy following another. Mm. They had the eliminator where they have a whole bunch of random cones in an area. Mm-hmm. One guy goes in, another guy follows. The goal is, I think it was like a minute and 30 seconds. The goal, the front guy is to try to get the back guy Shake to either, the back guy. Yeah, either quit following the right place or if they get in a crash. So if you get the back guy to crash into you, <laughs> but some of the competitors, they would go in a circle, keep going in circles, the front guy. And the back guy would just slow up, and the front guy would run into the back guy. So <laughs> who who wins at that point? This the, the well, if the front the guy runs into the back guy, it's the front guy's fault. Parts <laughs> manufacturers <laughs> win. So with that competition, that was against everybody, Harley's, everyone, and they drew names out of a hat. So mm-hmm. I was crossing my fingers. Please put me with one of those victories. <laughs> right? I can. Guarantee you, I can lose that victory. So, sure enough, I got put with a victory. So then they came up to me, and the judge says, Well, you're from out of state. This guy's from Corpus Christi. So, why don't we let you choose heads or tails? So, we flipped a coin. I win the coin toss, and he says, You want to follow or lead? And I said, Well, I'd rather lead. So this is my dream. I'll get a lead with the victory falling behind me, right? You're totally going to lose this guy. Yeah, easy. I hit the first cone I went around. So, Ouch. Yeah, I was out of that one pretty quick. Uh, uh-huh. The victory guy hasn't like, left yet. He's like uh, opening a beer. He came and shook my hand and says, man, I didn't think I was going to beat you. <laughs> you, you know... <laughs> Things were looking dire there for a minute. <laughs> and then they weren't. And I didn't have to start the bike. <laughs> so then there was a four-man race where I've never seen a four-man race. And they, some of the other motor officers explained, well, it's really cool, man. You guys got to do it. There's a whole bunch of crashes. A lot of guys mess up their bikes. <laughs> Let's do this. You're like, tell me again why this is good. So the two of us, myself and Scott Smith, we're, we were thinking we're we don't want to go home with broken mo- motorcycles and try to explain it. That's going to be an unpleasant conversation. Yeah. 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 So after watching the four man race, it wasn't as bad as they made it look. So, mm-hmm. or make it made it sound. So we would have, we'll do it again next year. Mm-hmm. So there was one event called the LR. Oh yeah. The Leonard Reed Memorial ride. Mm-hmm. That one, they didn't give us any practice or even see the course. Uh, we had lunch and after lunch, we came back, and they had the course set up. They said, everybody come over here. And they had us walk through the pattern. So it was just like a regular patterns with that you have to go around certain cones and mm-hmm. stuff. And the, the guy showing us the pattern says, this is named after one of the guys on our department, Leonard Reed, who's a Texas motor officer. And he got in a crash. I don't know a whole lot of details about it, but he's, he was in a crash and died. Mm. And so they wanted to make this for him. And they explained two of the things that they remember him for. One was for basketball. He loved to play basketball. And the other thing he was always doing was dancing. He loved music, and he he's always, like, wiggling around dancing, no matter where he was, they said. So during this pattern, the 
part of the pattern looked like an L and an R to represent Leonard Reed. Mm -hmm. And then there was a few other things. We went around other cones. And then somewhere in the course, you have to grab a, a basketball. It was a soft, squishy basketball off of the top of a cone and then make a hoop. You could get off your motor. You can drive by and just shoot it, whatever you want to do. And then at the finish line, you park your bike, get off, and you have to do a moonwalk for about 10 feet. <laughs> in those boots? In these, in this uniform. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I need to find that video online. <laughs> I probably have it on my phone if you want to check it out. Can, awesome. can we see you do a moonwalk? Uh, not in this room. <laughs> <laughs> did you Did you have to practice that? or was that a, No, I, I'm was pretty that, good at the moonwalk. That was an innate I, skill. I already knew how to do that one. How'd you do the, with the, the basketball? The toss? basketball, I... I well, I parked it, so I parked my bike and stood up on the pegs. I'm pretty short. <laughs> and made a shot. It bounced off the rim. I was able to grab it and then toss it again and then get it in. <laughs> oh, nice. Room. Had I made that first shot, I would have been quicker timed. But mm -hmm. oh, well. <laughs> the only coach would have put me in. <laughs> <laughs> well, what what kind of prize did you get for second place? A, a, not, a not a destroyed bike at, the, at that point. <laughs> no. uh, so the... The two awards I received, one was third place, and that was for the combined timed events on the cone courses. Mm -hmm. The other second place prize I got was for combined scores from everything I did. Hmm. They call it Mr. Rodeo. So the higher ranks you get in every event uh, I see. gives you a higher rank overall. Mm -hmm. And so I got two trophies. The expert class cone course is just a plaque that says... Division three, uh, Division three BMW expert class, mm -hmm. third place, and then the second place Mister Rodeo. It's a, it's a really cool trophy, and I I thought about bringing it so you guys could see it, but it's so heavy. <laughs> it's this little brick that is shaped like Texas. Okay. Oh, and of course. Well, it, yeah. It's yeah. Oh no, it, those guys were they loved themselves, but I I actually liked being down there in Texas. Those guys were really nice. But it's yeah, it's just a brick that's shaped like Texas and says second place metric Mister Rodeo. Mm. Can we ride your bike? No. Oh, you want it? Yeah. No. Oh. <laughs> Todd, keep him busy. So I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> I have to go somewhere on an unrelated errand. <laughs> Careful, man. He's got a taser. <laughs> like that would be the first time. <laughs> so there's there's this there's this kind of mystique around being a, a motor cop. I don't know if that's even the right term, motor officer. Um, motor cop. And I don't know how much of it is actually, is that something in officers too? I mean, are there guys in cars looking at you guys leaving going, oh, I want to be like those cool guys. Unless it's like 101 degrees. <laughs> well, yeah, in which case they're like, <laughs> suckers. I don't know. There's plenty of guys on our department that don't have interest in being a motorcycle cop. How but, large is, is the moto squad? Currently, I think we have about 18 squad members. When I first got onto the motor squad, we had nearly 30. Oh. But there was some rearrangement that took place in Salt Lake City mm -hmm. as far as some of the bureaus we have. And they took six bodies from our motor squad to work over there in the new metro division that they have. Mm. Okay. So is, there, is the competition to get into the motor school pretty pretty? Uh, fierce. Fierce. <laughs> Some years there have been up to 15 applicants to go to motor school. And other years, especially recently with that squad change we had, 
there seems to be a little bit less interest. But officers, it's kind of funny. They they see what we do. We do tickets and mm-hmm. DUI enforcement. Mm. And sometimes it's not so glorious. Yeah, that's not mm. that's not a especially glamorous job. Yeah, <laughs> but I would do anything they asked on that motorcycle. So <laughs> if they were the gang cops, I would be the gang cop. If they were just detectives of some sort, I would be the detective. It's motorcycle a, detective. I get paid. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So I'll do what they ask. Can we ride your bike? No. Uh. So do you have a bike of your own, or do you just ride no, for work? No, bikes are way too dangerous to have. <laughs> So that, that actually, so here's, an, here's another safety and, and motor officer question. So, um, our listeners on our radio show can, of course, see, but you're wearing the standard short sleeve officer outfit. Mm, yeah. um, and the big boots. And the big boots, of course, and rode in on that. Now, do you feel like you wish there was better armor or better protective gear that was available for officers? Or is there and it's not feasible sometimes? I mean, what's the. There is. There's, there's better equipment that we mm-hmm. could use. There are. Some of the agencies around here that you might notice are wearing, especially the BMW riders, they're, mm-hmm. they're going to, it looks like a snowboard pant. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they, they're wearing the BMW pants that don't tear as easy. They have pads in there. Mm-hmm. We do re- wear a Tourmaster jacket. Okay. Which has saved a couple of our guys in a few crashes last year. Awesome. We don't currently use an, a closed face helmet like we could, but most of what we do is communication with mm-hmm. people, so traffic stops. And, and and if you have one of those helmets covering your face up all the time, yeah. mm-hmm. that yeah. makes it difficult. So, Hang on, let me just add the cut. I'm going to interrupt yeah. you in a second. Hang on. I have been seeing more officers. I, I don't know, remember if it's here or if it's in San Diego where I'm from wearing the modular helmets. Yeah. With the flip-ups and stuff. Yeah, the, like, yeah, there are some agencies that are going to those. We currently... Our administrators, I think, really do appreciate the uniform we wear. It's traditional. Sure. And I think it's cool, too. I mean, it's mm-hmm. actually dorky, but, but the ladies No, like it, so. obviously not. Yeah. It's the chip's uniform. Yeah. yeah. Somebody Plus, likes it, so. Armed, so we're not going to say anything. There. Which brings up an important question. Are you are you Ponch the funny guy, or are you Baker the straight man? I've never watched chips, oh so my I goodness. don't know. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's not like required. That isn't part of the. F- they take him in there for twenty days, and you don't watch chips. I am going to be thirty-four next month. He's too young to have seen chips. I know what chips is. Yeah. I know, <laughs> chips. Some of our guys watch chips <laughs> religiously <laughs> every day. But when I pulled up, I told you I don't know a lot about motorcycles. I just know how to mm-hmm. ride it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it looks like you're wearing body armor. Yeah. Yep. So that I imagine that gives some level of protection on the bike. It does. In fact, race of resistance and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. So during our motor school, we require the students to wear the body armor during anything that's higher speed than 10 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. That just is for protection. We have had, in fact, a couple years ago, I was riding behind one of our officers on the freeway. There was a big metal box, a refrigeration unit box (laughs) that started blowing around and blew right in front of his front wheel and he went down. I remember when he went down, he just kind of disconnected from his bike and skidded and rolled on the freeway. If he had his body armor on, he wouldn't have had all the road rash. He still he turned out pretty well for Going the speed, down. but uh, the body armor can save us from things besides bullets. Are the pants like standard officer pants, or are they more like Carhartt's kind of thicker material? Or uh, these ones are actually a little bit more stretchy. These are a five eleven brand that we just started using. You can wash them. The old ones were wool. 
and you had to dry clean them. Is oh my god, hot. <laughs> if you got wet, if it rained, you smelled like a wet dog. <laughs> so I think a wet sheep just wrote me a ticket. <laughs> yeah, these aren't like Carhartts, but they'll rip pretty easy. Okay, so mm-hmm. can we ride your bike? No, <laughs> <laughs> we'll wear him down. <laughs> He'll slip sooner or later. It's gonna work. So, so you're out there on the road, and you're you know, I mean, you've seen you're doing traffic all the time, so you've probably seen some of the Real, real low ebb of the things people do in traffic. What, do you, what What's something you wish all car drivers knew and would pay attention to or did? There are so many things. <laughs> Maybe not doing a U-turn on the freeway. That would be a good start. Good, yeah. Solid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, what was the most recent one maybe that you saw that you were like, God, I wish you would just. Mm. The thing is about people driving and things that they could correct I think we're all guilty of, and it comes down to a me first attitude, hmm. right? So when I'm blocking a road, I've had roadblocks for accidents, for other types of violent crime scenes. And even one time we had a suspicious package in the middle of the road where we close it down. We we're waiting for bomb squad and people are so upset that I can't let them through. That it's they got to get through. Exactly. And they do the, they point at themselves because they're in the car. I can't hear them. They point at themselves, and I can lip-read them. Can I go through? And then they point at me. <laughs> I'm like, no, you can't go through. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, so I, okay. you, we're all guilty of a me-first attitude. Yeah. How about, let's turn that question to motorcyclists, other, the other motorcyclists. What, what would you want to tell them? Other motorcyclists? Yeah. I'll think of a friend of mine that... The other day, about, well, it was about a month ago, he was riding down the road on a motorcycle. I had no clue he had a motorcycle. <laughs> he sees me out front because I'm sitting out front on my front porch enjoying the evening. And he waves at me and then hurries and pulls over to the side of the road. And he wants to make a U-turn, but it looked horrible. It was like a 10-point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he comes up to me and it just, he just looks so unsteady and insecure on that motorcycle i said the first thing i said to him was you need to go to a motorcycle class and learn how to ride that thing so i would say anybody on a motorcycle it's okay to ride in a straight line but once you got to stop the bike make a turn anything that like actually drive somewhere (laughs) yeah you need to have some experience and even the better motorcycle riders are going to be faced with something it's not a matter of if we crash it's a matter of when we crash and how bad it is. Because I, I truly believe the longer you ride the bike, it's going to happen. Have you crashed? Not bad. Just in the the obstacle courses we do. I put it down sometimes. Many cones have died from it. <laughs> yeah. I've never crashed out on the roadway where it would be considered an accident. Just mm-hmm. training stuff. Mm-hmm. How so common is it fingers. for motorcycle officers to, to crash? Since I've been on the motorcycle squad, we had two guys... It was during the last presidential elections. We had the Mitt Romney, the Republican mm-hmm. candidate that was in town, mm-hmm. and a couple motor guys were of Salt Lake City's motor guys were blocking an intersection for a fire truck heading back to where we were escorting Romney, and a lady had just gone right through the intersection, failing oh, to see crap. lights and sirens. Two flashing lights and bikes. Uh-huh. And, oh my god! So those guys. Those guys were just leaving the intersection and ran into the side of her car. That was pretty bad. 
Then I told you about the one on the freeway mm-hmm. where an icebox just blew right under the motorcycle. There's nothing he could have done to get out of that one. And then just last year, we had two other guys where a lady decided to make a left-hand turn from the the right-hand lane. So there's three lanes. Mm-hmm. And she just turned left right in front of them. Mm-hmm. They couldn't avoid it at all. Those guys got hurt really bad. In fact, they're still kind of recovering. They probably will never be back to 100%. Oh, wow. So there's been five five of our guys that have gotten hurt pretty bad. So apart from the crashing yourself, are you more vulnerable too when you're out there on the road? I mean, I, I see you guys with somebody pulled over on the side of the highway with a bike on the side of the highway and cars going by at 80 miles an hour. And all I'm thinking is, <gasps> God, that looks scary. Well... There's a reason that we have highway patrol and that's so I don't have to be up on the freeway. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. why you didn't enjoy the highway patrol. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's I'm, terrible up there. <laughs> I do make traffic stops up there and I respect the guys that are working up there every day because that is scary. Yeah. And since being an officer, I had somebody on a traffic stop run in the back of my car. Holy crap. A drunk driver just Ran right in the back of my car. Oh, man. Luckily, I was on the side of the road with another drunk driver doing some field sobriety <laughs> tests. And a, you're an automatic fan. That was a busy yeah. night. <laughs> it was. That, that was that second drunk driver found me. So, so okay. So, that, that carpool um, um, stop that, that we talked about earlier, and I see it all the time. Uh-huh. Anyone ever try to run from that? Because you guys are like, you're parked, you're just standing there, you're waving people over. I've never had anybody flee from me there. Okay. It's probably because they know that they're totally busted. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I, I knew I shouldn't be here. I mean, every, every cop I see doing it looks so casual and semi, even like semi-bored as they're waving them. Like, oh, some, I've seen them like wave over three cars at once. Just, yeah, just come on over. Like, yeah, just come on. <laughs> yeah. He's just come on over. <laughs> yeah. The thing about a motor cop, I'll tell you two things about a motor cop. The first thing about a motor cop is they're going to write you a ticket. So just smile. <laughs> they took all the time thing. to get off the bike. Yeah. <laughs> the second thing is we're the nicest ones out of all of them. So be happy it's us. <laughs> Take notes, everyone. Oh. <laughs> so an interesting thing that comes up a lot with motorcycles is, I mean, the, the nature of riding a motorcycle is in the city, you're you know, super high alert, everything's cool, I'm going slow, I'm watching out for everything because, you know, white minivan's going to come and kill me. We get out to the back roads and the temptation is, you know, speed limit's 45, but the blue sign says 80, right? So, you know, I'll just go fast. Um, what's your take on, on, are the speed limits out in the middle of nowhere there because of a bad situation? Are they there thinking for mom and pa kettle going in their car? Or is it usually built up for a regular reason? I mean, I don't know if you guys have any influence on that or what. Police don't have influence on that. That's in the state of Utah. There's actually a division that's made for, we call them UDOT, mm. Utah Department of Transportation. They have inspectors. They have all these guys that go out and mm-hmm. engineers and they decide what should be where. Mm-hmm. If you ever see those strips on the road where you drive over them, they're measuring maybe volume of traffic mm-hmm. or the measuring speeds. Mm-hmm. And then they decide what to make speed limits and how to design the roads. I'm the first guy that wants to go a million miles an hour. I really am. And it's funny you asked me that because we know the roads are des- designed for certain speeds. 
just today, one of our day shift motor officers sent me a picture of a call I went to today. We had heavy rain last night, mm-hmm. yeah. and the rain's pushed up. It wasn't just a, a regular round manhole, but it was like a two-by-four plate in the middle oh. of the road where if you're cruising along on your motorcycle <clears throat> and for some reason you're going way too fast to avoid it, you're gonna your front tire's going in that hole, and you're, you're flying. Thanks and good night. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So... I truly believe if you push the limits clear out in the middle of nowhere, you might end up running into something that you didn't want to. Yeah, I heard so. East Canyon was in pretty bad shape today after that storm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's a that's a popular motorcycle ride. Oh, yeah. yeah. Can we ride your bike? Uh, yeah. Sweet! No. <laughs> I can edit that part out. <laughs> so you, you really don't have a personal bike? You, do you, no, I really don't. Is it because you do so much riding at work, you just don't want to do it, or is uh, it... The, do you really do you have a personal belief that like it's too dangerous to it's, not be I have paid a personal it? belief it's dangerous, but I'm cheap. That's what it really uh-huh. is. Okay. Yeah, I'm only a cop, man. I don't, I don't <laughs> do, do you get to take the bike home? I can if I choose to, but in response to that first question you just had, I ride so much at work, I rather just jump in my car, listen to music and have mm-hmm. AC. Okay. Because for ten hours a day, four days a week, I'm on a motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah, last week when it was 100 degrees must have been... Yeah, that off. must have been fun. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was hot. That air conditioning looks really nice. But I work usually when the sun's down, so oh, it's that nice. Helps. That helps. It's fun. Can we ride your bike? Yeah. You didn't say no. No. <laughs> <laughs> there it was. <laughs> so, any, any, so DUI enforcement, that means you're, you... You gotta have at least one completely crazy story from that. Apart from the other drunk driver run, found run, you. Run, That's pretty run, good by itself. <laughs> Try to think of this. Cause I know I have a ton. And whenever cops get together, here's the thing. I'll, I'll tell you this. When a cop gets together with another cop, they have a hundred stories. They're telling each other everything mm-hmm. about this, that, and the other they did. But then when their friends or family at home ask them to tell them a cop story, her mind's go blank. Just goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not in cop mode at that point. No, I just turn it off. What do you do when you arrest somebody? Do you wait for a car? Oh, we have sidecars. Can you see it? <laughs> <laughs> Don't tease me. <laughs> I've got a sidecar rig in the garage. Do you? Yeah. I love they it. call for the guy with the sidecar. They call for the guy with the yeah. sidecar. <laughs> they just chain him to the front. <laughs> if, if we do need to transport somebody, for example, sometimes I need them to come to the police station. For maybe if I'm requesting blood from them, we'll have a phlebotomist mm-hmm. meet us there. Mm-hmm. Or if we're taking them to jail, I've done two things. One, I just have somebody in the car take them for me. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes if say our patrol officer is out handling all of the patrol calls or real busy, they'll transport for me. I'll follow out and then I'll do all the paperwork. So they just, they're just a quick ride. Gotcha. And then I, once I get my arrested people to where I, I need them, I continue to do my job the way I'm doing it, but because I, I kind of wonder if that's that's maybe like a dangerous part if you there you got a guy handcuffed and you're just waiting, you know it's it can be and, and and dangerous in many different ways. I do oftentimes I ride when it's too cold for most people to just keep standing out on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. And so if I put somebody in handcuffs and I don't have a car to put them in, and it can be dangerous for somebody that's just freezing well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, well, they're drunk and they don't feel it and yeah. they don't have proper gear on. Yeah. Or it's dangerous 
like I said, it's somebody ran in the back of my car one night. Mm-hmm. Luckily, it was my car and not my motorcycle, or else I'd really be mad. <laughs> <laughs> but it's dangerous because people can hit us. And it's sometimes that have people that need to contain within a vehicle. It's not mm. just on the side of the road. So, well, well, what do you do? Do you just do you put your bike in front of their car, and what do you do? Well, I just call for somebody with the car to get there as quick as they can, and mm-hmm. we have somebody close by come come around. He's really good at keeping them talking. <laughs> I am no, actually, when I meant I meant it when I said we're the nicest ones out there. We learn to communicate with people in a different oh. way. Mm-hmm. Are the motorcycle cops always riding in pairs or always working in pairs? No. A lot of times I end up going out somewhere by myself. Some of the, some of the guys on the squad really do like to work together. Mm-hmm. I just find it more strapped down. And then you asking your buddy, hey, do you want to go somewhere else and work? I just go where I want most of the time. Mm-hmm. How did Scott do in the Texas rodeo? He did really good, too. And I don't know his exact rank on any of those competitions or the the actual competitions we did mm-hmm. but all along the way during our practice days and even the day we left some of the well-respected motorcycle riders that are going to a lot of these competitions if you look up motor cop on youtube you're going to see some of them that were there at texas cool. and they all approached us and said man you guys we really had our eye on you guys this whole time you definitely definitely showed us that you guys ride up in Salt Lake. so, And they meant it to both of us. So will you go back next year with a larger rep, a group or a larger team? I think that comes down to timing mm. and money. Uh, last year or this year, I should say, the competition down there, because they're a charity event, they get sponsors, they were able to pay for quite a bit of what we did down there. Ah. If I want to go next year, I know our department's not going to be able to pay for everything, pay for basically our hotel and all that. So I would be willing, if they would allow me to, I would be willing to pay my entry fee in my hotel. Just for the sheer fun of it. Exactly. No, it was the best. And those guys, they took care of us the entire time. They fed us and everything else. So, Did you ride the bikes down there or did you uh, tow them? We put them on a trailer. We took a, a third one, too, just in case we had issues, but... It was issues. Yeah. <laughs> issues. Yeah, but it was a, it was a twenty five hour ride. I wasn't going to sit on a motorcycle that long. <laughs> Way too long. Not even the comfy beamer. Nope, and that's not comfortable after twenty minutes. Really? I'm short, so maybe the guy with long arms it would be all right. But is it the stock seat on those bikes? Yeah. yeah. And we have a couple 2015 BMWs mm-hmm. that some of the senior guys are riding. And they feel so much better to ride. <laughs> so maybe that one. <laughs> Wait for seniority to kick in. But you yeah. got a trophy, man. I did. I told him that. I says, hey, I would have had first place if you would have. Buy a custom seat and some bar risers. Just think. <laughs> and they have a wet clutch. Those 2015. Yeah. Mm-hmm. get the uh, press the menu button. Bring up first place. <laughs> yeah. Maybe next year. Next year, I'll tell them I'll go if I can ride one of those. The black BMW helicopter comes with a new trophy. (laughs) All right. Well, Officer Jared Harker will be appearing in a motorcycle police officer competition sometime in the future, we hope. And if you're in Salt Lake and happen to get on the uh, on-ramp for uh, Fourth South South Carpool Carpool. Lane without someone in your car, you might get to meet him. (laughs) 
<laughs> thanks so much for being on. Awesome. Thanks You're so welcome. much, man. You know what we need on our bikes? Yes. <laughs> so unfortunately, this was not on. But as he was leaving, he was showing us the eight million buttons that they have on police bikes, and one of them is a PA system. I never knew I needed a PA system before now, Chuck. But I need a PA system. <laughs> yeah. You are driving like an asshole. Pull over. Forget getting a loud horn. Loud horn, bike. nothing. PA no, system. PA system. <laughs> that is the best. Why? You are terrible. <laughs> well, I, I, I am. I am. Move over, Granny. <laughs> I'm honestly, I am confused. I am bewildered. I have no idea why none of us have put PA systems on any of our vehicles. I don't know. Before now. <laughs> this is brilliant. I, we, we asked him, is like, is it cause it's illegal? Can we, like, are, can we not do this? It's like, no, oh, it's expensive. Yeah. You can get like, a PA system. Mm-hmm, PA system. We need <laughs> to find a PA system. <laughs> <laughs> He also told us, interestingly enough, that it's illegal to use your horn in Utah unless it's an emergency. I have more than one, so it's like double illegal, I think. But he didn't say it's illegal to use the PA. That's right. (laughs) Hey, asshole. (laughs) Yes, you in the minivan. (laughs) Yes, I am talking to you on the motorcycle. Do you see me now? It's the voice of God. <laughs> Get out of a car, never drive again. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, in Utah, people might buy it. Yeah, they just pull right over and be like, okay. Is that you, guy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> never drive again. You're a terrible person. <laughs> so let it be written. So let it be done. <laughs> I gotta get the groceries home and pick up the... Walk. (laughs) Take the bus. I command thee, take the bus. (laughs) And lo, the bus did come at 8.15 and 8.35 and 8.55. And on Tuesdays upon the hour. Anything else, God? Double cheeseburger. <laughs> I'm kind of hungry. Give it to the motorcyclist. <laughs> he is he is of my flock. <laughs> It'd be great because they couldn't see us talking. Yeah, they can't see your mouth moving. <laughs> yeah. It's perfect. They might see the huge loudspeaker. <laughs> is that is that you on the motorcycle? No. <laughs> it's not me. Uh, shit. <laughs> Oh my god! I could use I could use it at classes. I'll just sit over next to my bike and be like, "Stop that!" Turn your head. Turn. Turn your head. Turn. Turn. No, for God's sake, turn your head. Oh my god! You know what? Fuck it. Don't turn your head. Get off the bike and walk away. This is God. Cheeseburger. <laughs> and low upon the second street corner, there was a Wendy's. <laughs> and down upon the Wendy's did buy a double cheeseburger and a Frosty with the coffee in it. <laughs> and delivereth thee to the motorcycle trailer. <laughs> 
this, this idea has legs. <laughs> Completely has legs. <laughs> Get out of the way. You are slow and bad at driving. Uber is your friend. <laughs> Consider a car service. <laughs> Your truck is not making up for your lack of bodily proportions. <laughs> the secret is safe with me. <laughs> I promise not to tell anyone that you have a small penis. Oops. Oops. <laughs> Our bikes need PAs. Need PAs now. They need instantly PAs. <laughs> I'm going to buying a PA. I'm changing my birthday wish. <laughs> Send the banjo back. <laughs> why is no one? Why is no one doing this? I don't know. I really don't know. We don't need horns. They're superfluous. We need PA systems. I mean, I already growl and snarl at people. Yeah. I mean, Imagine especially our cars and bikes today is that's beep, 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 Imagine beep, the Todd roar magnified a hundred times. Go, stupid. I'm just talking about my incoherent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, daddy's coming home. When the horn of my Subaru brake, I'd routinely do that out the window. <laughs> the window down and I'd just go, ah, and people. Just man, start pulling a megaphone out. Freaks, no, I just scream. That, that freaks people out in a big way. You're screaming at people from your car? Yeah, when I'm your dad car? in the parking lot? No, no, not in the dad car now. <laughs> now in, my now in the dad car, you're like, excuse me, pardon me, uh, can I, can I scoot back in the, yeah. You know what, screw this. <laughs> Out of the way. <laughs> So there, there was some interesting stuff in there too. Is that I, I love the part where he's like, "Well, you got to work on turning your head and keeping your head up." Yeah, yeah. students, pay attention. Go take a class. Go take a class. Mm-hmm. It's a great one. That uh, he showed us a video. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. we need a copy of of the slow race that he was mm-hmm. talking about. Unreal. Wow. The skill these guys have. <laughs> I just I can't imagine that. That's mm-hmm. it's a bike fully upright, just doing its thing. Not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and the Do-do. rider's not moving. Do-do. Nothing's moving. Do-do. Just, and then like an inch or two, it just kind of rolls a little bit. Scooch, scooch, scooch. Like there's time to go get a coffee and come back. In the there time there was time to, go to grow space. a coffee plant, gather its beans, <laughs> roast them, <laughs> grind them. You know what that, you know what that contest needed? What was that? Go! <laughs> I bet then he'd be like, uh, uh." (laughs) go now. (laughs) Oh man. I do. I do think it's, it's particularly interesting. The, just the number of motorcycle officers who, I mean, from what he's telling us, don't ride beforehand. Yeah. That was interesting that the guys show up to the school. Hey, you want to have a motorcycle? Yeah, I guess. Why not? Like, yeah. really? <laughs> like they show up at the BRC, I guess. Yes. <laughs> want to have a motorcycle? I guess so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they have to go through that class. And- yeah. Like, whoa. Whoa. 
Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, 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 so my wife says to me this week, she's like, well, I figured if, if you can teach dumb 50-year-old men how to ride a motorcycle, you could probably teach a, a two-year-old to, to steer a bike. How'd that go? Badly. You know what you needed? A PA Your system. PA. <laughs> no, because you know who'd go for the PA system equally fast as me? Someone with about half my genetics. Why? <laughs> ah! <laughs> I like this. <laughs> This this mine PA now. You're lame. <laughs> Pigeon everyone. Dead name. So you're trying to teach your TV over to ride a bicycle? Uh well just just steer the tricycle and not crash into things basically. Tricycle, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We've got one of those push bike thingies. Mm-hmm. Um we're still it's not all there. Sophie was was never a huge, huge fan of hers. Mm-hmm. I I keep asking her if she wants to learn to ride a bike now. And she's still like, man. Like a bicycle? Like yeah. she doesn't know how? I don't think so. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ask her if she wants to learn. She's mm-hmm. like, no. No, she's waiting. She's waiting to spring it on you. She's going to turn 16. She's like, Dad, it's scooter time. Oh, have you seen the two-year-old? Yeah. The oh, two-year-old my. on the bike. On a little tiny, tiny, tiny yeah. pocket bike? Mm-hmm. And I'm all like, why could you be like her? <laughs> <laughs> Get on the bike. <laughs> Did you remember your lunch? Dad, stop. It's lame. I love you. <laughs> oh, my God. The Euro needs a PA. <laughs> yep. With a, a big old World War II vintage style on yep. like a mash. Just <laughs> hanging out the sidecar. Totally. Oh, my God. This is the best idea ever. I'm Sophie's dad. <laughs> <laughs> love you. Bye. It'd be so useful when I pick her up after school because sometimes she goes to the wrong place for pickup. Mm-hmm. And yep. Sophie, where are you? Sophie. You can hear the Sophie. eye roll. You can hear the eye roll in return from the other side of the building. I brought your Hello Kitty lunchbox. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, this needs to happen. This totally needs to happen. Oh. <laughs> I'm going down to the Army Navy surplus store. What, what have you learned this week, Chuck? I need a goddamn PA. <laughs> what have you learned, Todd? I need to express myself better on the road. <laughs> and that's all we got time for this week. Until next week, I'm Todd. I'm Chuck. Ride safe, everyone. Go faster! Get off the road, you suck! Go! <laughs> you can contact us at wheelnerds at gmail.com or leave us a message at area code 801-917-4136. Record an intro for our show of you and your bike and maybe it'll be on a future show. Stickers and other merchandise is available at our website www.wheelnerds.com If you use iTunes or Stitcher, please leave a review for us. Hell, write our URL on bathroom walls if it helps. If you like this podcast, you can find more like it at wheelnerds.com. This has been a Wheel Nerds production, all rights reserved. Readings from other sources are the property of their respective owners and are used with satirical intent. Intramatazing? <laughs>